welcome to D4 Sports, Day Drinking with Don and Dustin. I'm Don. And I'm Dustin. We're coming to you from Lubbock, Texas. And London, England. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, everybody, to D4 Sports, Day Drinking with Don and Dustin. And Dustin, we're coming back. Second episode this week. We were a little slow getting things kicked off in 2024, but uh, we're gonna we're actually gonna take on 2024 this year. Uh, well, this week, not this year. I mean, yeah, well, we'll do it throughout the year. But in particular, this, year. this week, in, in particular, this week, that's uh, gonna kind of be what this episode's about. Sort of our overall sports predictions for 2024. Um, so we're gonna dive into that here in a little bit. But before we do that, uh, Dustin, how how you doing today? Doing okay. Um, just another day in the life of the Patterson house. Work, mm-hmm. kids, lessons. Um, not a whole lot going on here. Uh, out of the norm, I guess. Uh, in our household anyway. What about you? Yeah, well, you know, still here in St. Louis. Um, you know, with uh, my daughter, Claire, and uh, Alice, who, uh, if, you, if you hadn't listened to the last episode, you may not know who Alice is, but my newly born granddaughter, now one week old, uh, Alice Rose Klein, um, born a little early, so she's still hanging out in the neonatal intensive care unit, but all signs are pointing to a homecoming of probably tomorrow, maybe Friday. So hopefully Friday at the very latest, but she's doing great. Just, uh, you know, they just want to make sure these little babies have are eating okay and all that sort of thing. And uh, I mean, if she takes after me, she's going to eat just fine. <laughs> no, no issues there. <laughs> so, well, uh, I mean, let's hope she, she, it's a, it's a little better, but you know, Oh, well, I, in terms of quality, I think uh, my diet's not too bad. Quantity. Quality is fine, you but know. you know, that, uh, steak and shake spaghetti three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> that's questionable. Well, there are, Hey, look, we've all had our moments. We've all had our moments. I, uh, actually one of the things I have had the pleasure of doing here is, uh, kind of being the cook the resident cook for, for the family. And today I, I made both a, a soup for lunch, a kielbasa kale and cannellini soup, cannellini bean soup. And then for dinner, I made a really lovely beef stew. So uh, eating pretty good over here, at least that much. So There you go. Very nice. Very nice. But uh, this show is not about cooking, but it, we do talk about drinking. So what is it uh, that you're consuming this evening? Uh, I took another, another favorite one. Yeah, took a took a favorite one out of the the refrigerator. I've oh, got yeah? the the nojito. Oh, you pulled the we'll nojito see if, out. See if the third time's the charm, right? <laughs> and then uh, going with the tall boy here. Got the Arizona Arnold Palmer half Ooh. and half or half tea half lemonade. So yeah, oh, very nice. Very that's nice. a it's a famous one around our house. That's for sure. The kids love yeah. it. Yeah. Let's see. He's drinking the nojito now, and still no, no. still nojito. No. <laughs> no, 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 nojito. Yeah. Well, I, what I, you uh, got? I'm uh, back with the blues glass again, uh, and I've got a little uh, kind of one of my one of my standard drinks that I, you know, it's just sort of a nice, easy drinking, a little Jim Beam and Seven Up, um, which is uh, you know refreshing, and it's actually. Ironically, it's very challenging to find just regular 7-Up in the UK. Um, 
And, well, in fact, I mean, they don't have nearly as much soda on the shelves in the grocery stores in the UK as they do here in the US. But, um, and a lot of say, it, isn't it hard to find anything non-alcoholic on the shelves uh, in, in England? <laughs> well, no, no, no. Come on. I mean, we have plenty of, of beverages for all, but um, not as much soda. And, and a lot of a lot of the soda they do have is, you know, more of the diet varieties or like the Coke Zero. And, and they don't actually call it Diet 7-Up there. It's like 7-Up Light or 7-Up some, something else. But um, Just to make it sound not, better. I, yeah, maybe. And I am not a fan of Diet 7-Up, so I do not touch that stuff. But uh, Sprite, I can come, Sprite, I can I can come by. But uh, So anyway, little Jim Beam 7-Up, kind of going down easy for the evening. The Diet 7-Up wasn't that part of the, like, the Taylor Swift drink or whatever? It was Diet something. It wasn't. It, was it didn't Coke. sound good. It was Diet Coke. Okay. It was like vodka okay. and Diet Coke, wasn't it? I think that's what it was. It wasn't good, whatever it was. I, nothing with Diet Coke is going to be good, but... Uh, but yeah, let, well, let's let's take it easy. Let's not get into Taylor Swift yet, because my goodness, <laughs> That's, well, maybe we should. Maybe we should just go right there. <laughs> you know, we're not going to get political on this show. Uh, at least I certainly don't think so. I, I <laughs> but it's just a sign of the times, just to see how truly insane the world is is becoming. I, I don't even know what else to say. Um, you know, that people somehow think that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are some sort of political plant or, or something to this effect. What? I, I, Dustin, help me out on this one. What? What? Uh, I got nothing. I haven't heard this at all. Oh, you haven't? Well, no. that's, you're, you're not on social media at all, but. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, because. I think Taylor Swift. Are they saying like a sleight of hand type thing? Like, look over here. This isn't happening over here. Well, so I think she endorsed Biden for the presidency, right? And and so like, uh, there have been significant amounts of like uh, Republican or right wing media, maybe a better way to say it, kind of you know accusing it as being some sort of like a conspiracy theory or like, you know, left leaning, like, like their relationship's not real. It's all just a way to, to, you know, get like, you know, people to support the Bidens and the Democrats. I, 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 I mean, I haven't given it much credence, but it's significant enough that like Colin Coward did like a three minute, like, you know, segment on his show talking about, you know, and, and really, you know, I'm not a huge Colin Coward fan. I may like him. You know, he's fine. He's not he's not my favorite. But, you know, he was talking about how, you know, basically, men, if you're that upset about Taylor Swift being on a broadcast, you, you've got problems, right? And it was really fascinating. Do you know how long, total amount of time she was actually shown in last week's broadcast for the AFC Championship game? Uh, I'm 45 seconds total. 25 seconds. 25 seconds. And he's like, in a three and a half hour broadcast, she's on for 25 seconds. So, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, she's the number one musical act in the world. You know, she is, she was the, she's, and you know, he made a great point. He's like, how many times do, do the networks force feed you their own upcoming television shows or, you know, uh, groups that they're, you know, the, the, parent label is is putting their music out and all this stuff he goes and nobody complains but all of a sudden you know we have issues with taylor swift and um 
But yeah, no, I mean, it's just some bizarro stuff out there about not only people just getting mad that she's on and like, uh, which I don't really understand why it's a problem. We show celebrities at sporting events all the time, right? Um, but just that some some just really wild ideas going around out there that like somehow Kelsey and Taylor Swift are not actually like an actual couple. I don't know. Yeah, to be honest, I don't really care if they are. Or not. They're not. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I know I mean, most people don't, yeah. but it's it's yeah. it's become talk. So yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Well, we have already gotten confirmation that she will be at the Super Bowl. So. Uh, oh well, that's uh, good. That'll that's good. hopefully help out the the thirty second filler that the yeah. TV is going to try to find. Yeah. I still think we should find a way to get Wally the alligator into her booth. I think that would, or maybe the possum. Maybe we could smuggle in the Lubbock possum into into the booth. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know which one would scare her more. A hissing possum or an alligator? Well, Wally is an emotional support alligator, right? Let's not let's not forget. Let's not forget. I don't. Has there been any other possum news in Lubbock? Not really. No. Not not that I'm aware of. But that's too bad. That's too yeah. Bad. They may have to hang on to it next next season and try to use it again. But um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. All right. So while we are while we already brought up Travis and uh, and uh, and uh, and Taylor, I, that was just one of my questions. What are my predictions for you? Are are, are they going to get married? Are Kelsey and Swift going to get married? I'm going to say no. Um, she has to complete like three songs in relation to Travis Kelsey, and then she's probably done. Um, and moving on to find her next um, album. Yeah. You What's know, your I mean, prediction on that? I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, look, I'm not a big uh, follower of Taylor Swift. You know, actually, you know who, who, who is? And this might work because, you know, we are hopefully next week or maybe the week after we're, we are going to get Becca who won the D4 Bowl Bonanza on. And she is a major Taylor Swift fan. So we'll definitely, you know, we'll, we'll get her take on it. It seems to me that this relationship of, of Taylor Swift's has been far more public than any other one, but that that could just be that could just be me not really following, you know, uh, pop culture and certainly the life of Taylor Swift. But um, yeah, my Ansley, my daughter is uh, a big Swifty. Sure, she's a big fan. Um, her step grandpa and step grandma took her to a concert at the movie theater. So oh, not a oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, the- Oh, okay. Yeah. Not a concert. Hmm. It's just, you know, kind of meet in the middle and go watch the concert in a movie theater. I just find that very odd, but I guess it's a what thing the, now. I mean, she put a movie out, right? The, what, she didn't just go to the movie of, of, I mean, I don't really know what the movie was. I didn't see it, but. Oh, I thought it, yeah. And I could be wrong. I thought it was like basically like a concert of her. Maybe it was a movie, but. Yeah. Um, well, I know there was yeah. a lot of singing and that's what she does. So. No, well, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, um, all right. You got you got another. You got an opening. Yeah, shot we got to go somewhere else with this yeah, one. We, it's it's yeah, it's, no, it's time to going move on. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Real quick, I've got this pulled up. Um. I am following the. Hate to say this, but following women's college basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Iowa versus Northwestern, um, mm-hmm. with Caitlin Clark. Right. Yep. So, the last game they played, she moved from fourth 
into second place. And now mm-hmm. she is only trailing Kelsey Plum, who plays for the Las Vegas Aces. Really, really good point guard. Yep. Um, for But 138 points, I think it was. Um, and my guess is she's going to get pulled from this game because there's five minutes left and they're up 30. Um, <laughs> and she's yeah. got 33 points. Nice. So I guess she's at like, what, 105 now left yeah, with gonna be, gonna seven be games 100. in February and one in yep. March as of right yep. now. So she's got eight games left to, to do it. So yep. I well, don't it, foresee what, her not what, doing it. What I think is more interesting is that her points per game average has moved up to 28 for her career. Um, and the <sighs> record for that is 28-4. You know, and when we kind of started talking about her whatever a couple of months ago, she was down around like 27 and a half. So I didn't really think she had a shot because obviously she's played a lot of games, but I mean, she's, she's, she's scoring a lot of points this year. So she's yeah, she's a got lot a, of points. She's got a shot at the three point record. She's got, she'll almost certainly get the, the scoring record. And I think she, she, if she keeps pouring it in, she might have a shot at the points per game record, which would be pretty impressive to get. That would be very impressive. Absolutely. To be able to go from, like you said, 27 and a half, to get up to 28 and a half with the amount of games that have that are under her belt. Yeah. It would take a lot of points to do that, but uh, you know, she's up. She's up to 35 now. So oh, There you go. She was not taken yeah. out of the game. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm going to stick with basketball and go to our favorite player LeBron James. Did you see the the flagrant that he took this week? No. I probably missed it. Just like the flagrant foul is probably knowing LeBron and his flopping. Well, it was probably okay. a, a. Go ahead. So this was this is Dylan Brook. Does that name mean anything to you? Yes, played at Memphis, and then now he's at Houston, and him and LeBron have a history. Yeah, so it's it's Dylan uh, Dylan Brook that gets the flagrant on him, and uh, it wasn't originally called a flagrant, but he kind of comes up and he comes down and. He got LeBron pretty well in the face from behind, kind of trying to block a shot from behind. Anyway, uh, and and they they eventually go back and they rule it a flagrant one, and it probably was. I mean, I'm you know, but LeBron goes down and just, I mean, you'd think he broke his nose or like lost three teeth or something. The way he just lays and rides on the floor, he was on the floor for almost a minute, and it's. I just, here's what I don't get, right? I mean, you know, when I was a little kid and I got hurt, I was pretty dramatic. I'd kind of flail around and scream and, and this sort of thing. But like LeBron is what, 6'8", 265. I mean, he's just a phenomenal athlete. And you'd think he would want to portray himself as just invincible and tough. And yet, I, I, and it's one thing to like sell the play, like okay, go to the ground, right? Hold your face, sell sell the foul, right? To get him, make him take a look to be flagrant, but to just lay there on the floor, I, I why won't he stop doing this? <laughs> why, why won't why won't he stop? I, what, I have what do no you think, idea. That's what I, I just don't get it. I, it's just like you'd think he would want to portray an, an attitude of toughness, right? Of invincibility, and. It's exactly the opposite. And I, I mean, I know it's just become, I mean, it's, there's just compilation after compilation of his flops out there. And he, look, he took a hard foul. I, I, you know, fair enough, but I just, I don't know, man. It's like, you would think, I, 
I don't know. This leads me to another question. And we're kind of getting into the prediction thing early, but how many more years do you think LeBron's going to play? I don't know if he's going to try to stay long enough for the Lakers to draft Bronny and play one or two games or season or whatever that looks like. But you think he'd stay that long? Because Bronny's not, he's not a one and done, right? I mean, no, but they may do it just for the heck of it for LeBron to say, hey, I need him to be up with me for a year. And go from there. I just he I don't think he's good enough to go to the league even after four years, but I could be wrong on that. But well, I, was, I mean time's yeah. ticking for him and it's got to I mean, he's gotta slow down. Yeah. I mean he's still playing pretty well. I mean his numbers are pretty good, his stats are pretty solid. I mean, you know, he's still a, a, a you know, a top flight player, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder how Yeah, much he still he's is. He's one of the greatest yeah. greatest all time, but he's still one of the greatest in the league right now, no matter what. Yeah. 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 You got any other, uh, you got any other uh, shots for me? I do. Um, this one's going to be maybe a little bit of a lengthy one. Um, righty. But, but I'm okay with that. So it's a rabbit hole that we, uh, oh, that I have gone down. There right? we go. And, and I've kind of given you some information on this, but not a whole lot. Yep. So Micah and I were um, trying to, I guess he saw a video clip on X or whatever of this college team that was just really bad. Mm-hmm. The college team was Oak Hills out of Minnesota. Okay. And they played North Dakota State and they lost by close to 100. Well, like it wasn't well, good. Well, but but go. watching the highlights I was like this is a college team. Like this is this is bad. This is really, really bad basketball. Mm -hmm. And initially I thought, well, maybe North Dakota State's just playing really good defense. Um, No, no, that wasn't the case. Like they're, (laughs) (laughs) they're not good. Yeah. So me and Micah were like, hey, we're just going to follow Oak Hills and just see how they do. Mm -hmm. They're losing by 60, then 40, then 50. I mean, it's, they're losing bad, really bad. Yeah. And then... Next thing you know, they win two in a row. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what, what happened? So I look and they won yeah. two conference games. So they were at this point, two and one in conference. I'm like, man, okay. that team must be really bad. Yeah. And it was the same team that they beat, but I didn't look into it any more than that. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, man, Hey, they got two wins under their belt, their belt. That's really good. Then waited about two weeks, looked them back up uh-huh. and they beat a team by 56 <laughs> points. No, come on. I, yes. So, okay. so I was like, there is no yeah. way that they yeah. beat a team by 56. Not only that, they were in their conference. The team that they beat by 56 was in their conference. So I, I said, I got to look up this team. I have yeah. to see who <laughs> this team is, right? Yeah. yeah. So the name of this college is Free Lutheran Bible College. No. And it is not free. Blue Bloods. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> and they are 0 and 15. Well. And with a winning percentage of zero. Yes. Yep. And then 0 and 5 in conference. But let me, <laughs> this is the best part of this story. 
I'm going to read you some of the losses that they've had, and then I'm going to end with the worst loss, in my opinion, in the history of college basketball, to say that this is a college. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So they lose 94 to 35 in their first game. Okay. Then they lose 93 to 26. Then they lose 129 to 33. 78 to 23. 65 to 16. Then they play a JV team and lose 98 (laughs) to 34. Oh. Then 92 48. Then they lose 124 to 18. (laughs) That's not the worst loss. Then they play that JV again and lose 90 to 42. I'm skipping over their worst loss. Yeah. Then. Then they played North Central, which is where my parents met in college. That's right. Yeah. They played their JV team and lost 115 to 46. (laughs) Then they lost 98 to 29, 124 to 39. What? Then the loss to that Oak Hills team. uh, I said 56. It was 46. It was 100 to 54. Well, they they lost 94. That's pretty good. Right. Well, that's how bad that other team is. <laughs> then they lost 94 47, 95 48, and then to that North Central JV team again, 112 to 51. Okay. Then in the middle of all of this, in the middle of that dominance, yeah. Yes, just sheer dominance. They lose by 10. <laughs> okay. To who? To who? They lost 72 to 62. Uh-huh. First of all, before I name the college-ish, <laughs> college-ish, and you'll get yeah, what yeah. I mean here in a minute. Okay. This is a game that shouldn't even be played. <laughs> okay. And if it's played and you win, you still don't post it on your win-loss no. record. Sure. Okay. And you definitely don't do it. If you lose, yeah, they lost to Free Lutheran Bible College alumni. <laughs> oh, well, they got the glory team. They got the day, the team from the glory days back together. Oh, my word. I'm going through this win-loss thing. And I get to that and I'm like, oh, they only lost by 10. And I looked at who they lost to and it said alumni. Alumni. Okay. So <laughs> do they have a full team? I mean. Micah and I watched the first half. Okay. Because it's on YouTube well, of yeah. that that really bad team beating them yeah, by yeah. 46. So we watched yeah, the first okay. half of that. And I was like, Micah, I am 40 years old. And on that really bad team, that Oak Hills team, they had the returning player of the year from the conference on that team. And I'm watching him and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, Micah, I'm 40. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm a man. (laughs) I could go get player of the year in this conference off the couch. Wow. Watching this game. It... I could get me and you and three of our podcast listeners. I don't care any three. The guy from the Netherlands or Australia or wherever it is. 
<laughs> and we could go beat this team. Hmm. Alumni. You alumni. posted a loss to your alumni. You don't even post that win, right? No. no. Yeah, I so, don't even. I, that's bad. That's, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, you don't. You don't lose to an alumni team. I mean, I mean, even like, I mean, I guess maybe if you're like, you know, the University of Kentucky and you you pull 10 guys out of the NBA who played for Kentucky or something. But I mean, you know, goodness gracious. Yeah, that's I, I, that's bad. I, I, I got to believe they haven't sent too many guys on to the next level. So uh, my guess is this alumni team isn't probably going to be the most most the most uh, exciting group in the world. Yeah. Watching the first half of that game, one, it was awful, but we got to laugh yeah. a whole lot. Sure, sure. At one point, the commentators go, well, we really know that Free Lutheran isn't a basketball college. It's more <laughs> of one of those schools that you come in as a student and the coaches just go, hey, have you ever played basketball? And then you're on the team. And we just looked at each other and we said, yeah, they play like it. it it's not yeah. a... <laughs> What is a badminton school or what is it? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I just said, hey, I know where you could go uh, play college ball and and feel like you're really playing well. <laughs> yeah, I boy. Yeah, I don't even. It's know hard to I, go on from there. I don't know where we're going to go with this, but that, no, I mean it's it's that, that's <laughs> astonishing. I, I mean, it doesn't sound like they get, they were they were within like fifty points of anybody. So the alumni. Yeah. Well, yeah, the. They got within 50 of the alumni. <laughs> Something to build on for next year. That's that's like that's like us. We got, you know, we 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 may not, you know, beat the top podcasts out there, but we got something to build on for 2024. And that's right. Uh, and I'm going to keep following them and yeah. seeing how the rest of the year turns out for them. Yeah. So that Caitlin Clark could beat them alone. <laughs> Yeah. One on five. One, one on five. I got Her career points versus the entire school's career points. <laughs> yeah. All right. There's your opening shots. D4. just kind of chatting kind of in between in between recording sessions here and um we were thinking maybe maybe that school could take a pickleball but uh but dustin you you just kind of informed me that you might have a connection to a pickleball court where you can go out and uh maybe blow out a knee huh absolutely yeah my buddy's building a gym with a couple of volleyball courts um pitching machine batting cages um and a pickleball court so I can easily add to the um, highest, you know, risk of injury for athletes in the older population in, is pickleball. And so I feel like I yeah. can help keep those percentages high if I go out there and play. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. You know, I, I, one of the things that I, I think I've told you this, but, they, you know, over here they have uh, cricket batting cages. Did I, did I ever tell you that? When I was, we were walking through the park and, and you know, there's – Guys out there, and they got—they look like normal, like 
baseball batting cages, but these guys are out there bowling the, you know, the cricket ball and the guys are all whacking it out there. And I was like, huh, that looks kind of fun. But did uh, you ask any of them to be on our podcast and explain it? Uh, no, this was, this was a long time ago. This was, you know, before uh, we were, okay. before we were getting going, but, uh, so no, I, I, I didn't do that. So, okay. So prediction for 2024, are you going to get any sports injuries this year? 60, 40 says yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. But, right. but 60, 40 says yes, that I'll get a, get out of bed injury too. So, I mean, they're well, going to be go. on the same level. They are, yeah. There, well, there you go. So, if you do sustain a pickleball injury, we will definitely have to, you know, we, we want to know all the details. And uh, absolutely, we'll expect, uh, yeah, we'll expect you to be sharing. All right, so, so here we go. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of start, you know, taking a, a big sweep at, at twenty twenty four in terms of sports. Um, kind of what what we think is going to happen. You know, we're we're gonna leave out the NFL uh, for the most part, and here we're gonna do a little bit of NFL stuff, but. Because obviously the season's not over yet, and since that is the primary sport that we do cover, you know we'll obviously give that plenty of attention as time goes on. But um, so, Dustin, what do we we talked about tennis, right? We talked about Australian Open. We we covered that on the last episode, and how we had uh, Yannick Sinner won that uh, his first Grand Slam, right? First Italian Grand Slam winner, I think, maybe ever, or I can't remember. I know there have there have been all that many Italians who've actually uh, made a final, but uh, I think you're right. I think he's the I, first Italian. I think he might've been the first to win it. We or may have to come back to that. We're, we'll circle back on that one. Certainly the first to win in Australia, but uh, what do you, what's your prediction for the rest of the uh, 2024 tennis season? Um, let's, let's, let's take Djokovic. Do you think, what do you think Djokovic is going to do? Is he, you think he's going to get a grand slam this year? I think the only one that he might be able to, to pull out right now is the U S open. Um, I don't foresee him doing anything at the French Open. Uh, as much as I'd love to see Nadal come out and and win the French, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. see it. I'm going to take a small gamble and say that Alcaraz wins the French. Um, okay. Because Alcaraz has kind of um, fashioned his game after Nadal a little bit, um, yeah. and wanting to kind of be that next guy. So he is actually really good on clay as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as much as it's, you know, he Alcaraz hasn't done what we thought he would do yet. It's not a huge stretch to say that I, he could win the French um, U.S. Open. Yeah. Anybody's game with that hard court and the speed. Um, Djokovic does have power, but again, in Australia, same thing. Um, he just kind of floundered there at the end. So yeah. as much as I don't like Medvedev, I think the U.S. Open could go his route. Um, I just don't like his yeah. attitude, but I think that yeah. it his game is very um, good for the U.S. Open, and he could do very well there. Um, yeah. And then Wimbledon. Well, you got certainly center. It looks yeah, like he's going to be not real a sure, just as long as Andy Murray doesn't win. And you've got uh, you you know you have uh, certainly obviously Alcaraz. He's going to need to get his game game together, and maybe he just needs a you know a, a good a clay stretch to kind of right the ship a bit. And uh, obviously, you know. Uh, got Wimbledon last year, so um, certainly got certainly got a shot there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, you got uh, was it Casper Ruud and Holger Rune are both really good clay court players. Um, you know, who I, I think are going to be there. You got Zverev, it's also solid. Um, so I, yeah, I, I I don't like Djokovic of the French. 
but certainly Wimbledon. I mean, he's always going to be he's going to be tough to beat. Um, I do wonder if maybe this Australian loss is going to make him really kind of double down and really try to grind one more out. But I don't know. Yeah, that Australian gives me the feeling that boy, this like I said, this might be the beginning of the end, and I I could see I could see a year in which Djokovic doesn't doesn't win one, and and if he goes through the whole year and doesn't win one. That's you know that sets him up for a really interesting 2025. And does he does he hang it up or does he stick around? Because I mean Australia has been the one where he has been the most dominant, and uh, you know to not win that one, I I don't know. I you know it'll be it'll be interesting. But does he go out going? I just don't have it anymore, so I'll kind of step away. Or does he go out going losing you know 12 straight, <laughs> you know? opens and just you know that that would be the tough part right and and i know he's the type of guy that he wants to get that attention and i i want to feel love and he gets hated on and all of that right but at some point you know if he doesn't win in 2024 he may have to say hey i had a good run and i i know i'm not going out on top but it's close enough i I don't know you know you know what would be fitting for djokovic is if he doesn't win anything this year and then he comes back in 2025 and he doesn't win anything in 2025. And then he wins the Australian in 26. And then he kind of rides off into the sunset. Because I think if he were to do that, people would people would root for him. You know, if he goes two years without winning and then he comes back and he's people would people would be like, come on, Novak, do it one more time. I, I can see the crowd getting behind that. Like the, the comeback story. Yeah. That's I, I can't really conceive of any other way in which people are going to start loving Novak, you know, except for the obviously there's Djokovic fans out there. So, right. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me just throw this one out here. Um, do you think we're going to have any major volcanic eruptions in 2024? Uh, sure. Oh, Where's wow. that one coming okay. from? Well, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just I started thinking of things we could predict, and I thought, well, you know, why why not? But uh, so yeah. so we're predicting volcanic eruptions. Hey, you know, D four, we can do whatever we want to do, right? There's no rules well, the here. seismic activity going on right now on the Whoa. fault line in California, you hey, know, could push everything towards Hawaii on the west coast, and, and then it's all over. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you got a stronger bet on Iceland than anything, probably. But uh, anyway. So, all right. So that's that's tennis. Let's uh, let's stick with kind of sports that are kind of happening. NBA. NBA. You got you got several good teams this year, but I don't yeah. think it, nobody really seems to be distinguishing themselves this year as a clear front runner. Do you think? I mean, I don't know. Who do you see? First prediction is that uh, Detroit is not going to have a good year. <laughs> well. Define good. <laughs> yeah, to be seen, to be determined. DBD. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, no, uh, let's, are... go, let's go here. Hang on. Hang on. You got Detroit. You got the Wizards, Washington. You got Charlotte. And you got San Antonio, all with really bad records. Who who ends up worse this year? Do you think? Do you think Detroit runs the table and ends up? I want to say Detroit year? just because they're they're fun to dog on. Yeah. Charlotte is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Washington has good pieces, so I don't know why they're not better than they are. San Antonio's yeah. really young, so they're trying to figure themselves out. Detroit has good players as well. 
Charlotte has LaMelo Ball. Well, I mean, that's it. What more do you need? Yeah, sure. He's been, you know, he was hurt for a long time, so he's coming back. But no, there are some really good teams out there. Um, Yep. As much as I hate to say it, the Knicks are playing really well. Um, The Knicks. What would happen if the Knicks win an NBA title? Spike Lee would have a heart attack. Yeah. He'd go, he'd go out happy, man. Spike Lee would love it. Um, but when is Indiana, it, go ahead. When's it, when's it's been a while. I'm going to, I'm going to Google that while you give me, give me, keep, keep, keep going here. Well, I was gonna say Indiana is really doing well. Cause you got Tyrese Halliburton. Um, if he gets healthy and starts to play well, they just got Pascal Siakam from Toronto. Uh, they still have Buddy Heald, Obi Toppin, uh, Nemhard, Miles Turner's really good. So Indiana has got some really good pieces. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas, they're fun to watch. Um, they can win on every, any given night just because of Luca. Um, the Lakers are floundering. The Clippers look good. The two surprising teams for me are Oklahoma City and Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. They have played really, really well to start the year off. Um, yeah. But I don't know if they can keep it up. Uh, Oklahoma City's so young. It's it's kind of like what can you do throughout the rest of the, the, the year to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota has some good pieces that have kind of been there before, um, but with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley, I mean, they still have some some seasoned veterans that, that are they're playing well. So we'll, mm-hmm. you know, wait to be seen. Okay, but so you, did you mention the Nuggets? Are the Nuggets not going to repeat? No chance? Well, I think they could. I think they've got the the pieces to do it. I, I was just mentioning teams that haven't really <laughs> been there, um, yeah. especially in a yeah. while. The the Nuggets. Well, what about the Celtics? They, you got what about the Celtics. They haven't. They've got great pieces, but they haven't put yeah. it all together at all. No, and um, you don't think this is their year? You don't think this is? It? I really don't. Uh, you know, Jason Tatum's one of the top players in the league. Um, yeah. I think he needs different pieces around him. I'm not saying that the other guys aren't good. Good. Porzingis is good. Derek White's good. Uh, Drew Holiday is good. Jalen Brown, in his own sense, is good. Um, they're just not the right pieces, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. So, All right. but yeah, the Nuggets, yeah, looking, they're they're good. I mean, they've got. Yeah, I was looking, yeah you got the T Wolves at, at thirty three and fourteen. The Nuggets at thirty two and 15, 33 and fifteen. The Thunder at thirty two and fifteen. They're they're the clear class of the of the West. The Clippers are close. The Celtics at thirty seven and eleven. So they uh, they do have the best record right now. The Bucks, of course, with Giannis and others, and Damian Lillard, fifteen, and Lil- yeah, well, right, and others. He's an other. <laughs> oh, He's by the way, I just other. checked. I just checked. The Knicks haven't won an NBA championship. Get, take a guess. Take a guess. Seventy-eight. Seventy-three. Seventy. Is that Willis Reed? I didn't check. I didn't go that deep, but I don't know. All right. So so if you're if you're if you had to bet today. Uh, on an NBA champion, who would you take? I mean, I'd pick the Nuggets. Um, oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. One, they've been there recently, yeah. but they still have the pieces in place to do it with, yep. you know, their big man, Jokic. Um, yep. they got Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. Um, yep. Really, really solid players. But they play as a team. Like, they move the mm-hmm. ball around. Um Jokic is one of those guys that he got MVP two years in a yep. row, but yep. he doesn't really care about basketball. I don't know if you've ever heard about that. Um, <laughs> a little bit. He loves yeah. to ride horses. Well, of course. Who doesn't? 
Well, he says he wants to get done with the NBA game so that he can go hang out with his horses. Like once sure. the season's over, he just goes to his farm. <laughs> so who, who is, who's your call for MVP this year? Joel Embiid, if he's not hurt. Hmm. He did get hurt like yesterday, didn't he? He did. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see how serious it was, but. But yeah. I think he could repeat. So what about you? I know that you've been uh, following closely since it's uh, the new saying for Nick. Thank goodness there's the NBA. Yeah, well, you know, but that's all fantasy, right? It's all fantasy. So I don't, you know, I mean, I, I, I haven't, I mean, I've been paying some attention to the actual league. You know, I mean, it, it's only well, been real, real quick. Yeah. Jordan's no longer playing. Carl Malone yeah. and John Stockton are out. Patrick oh, Ewing's know. out of past his prime. So yeah. Patrick Ewing, where's John Starks? <laughs> You were talking about Indiana, and we mentioned Indiana and the Knicks, and I'm thinking John Starks and Reggie Miller. You know, I'm like, you know. <laughs> That's right. I, I just, that was a great I series. Reg, I want to see Reggie Miller come back and steal the ball three times in a row and make score nine points in four seconds or whatever that was. That, uh, that was impressive. That's what it was. That was impressive. That was impressive. Yeah, I, so, I mean, in terms of the teams, you know, obviously, I mean, I kind of know, you know, who the best teams are, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I, I, don't, I don't have enough you know, insight into the game. And again, living in London, none of the games start until one o'clock in the morning. So I'm not getting to watch much. Um, you know, I'd love to see the Celtics win it. I, I think, which is, I don't know why, because I'm not really a Celtics fan. I've never really been. A Cause Jason fan. Tatum's from St. Louis. Tatum's a St. Louis guy. I mean, so I'm, you know, I'm happy to see that. I mean, Bradley Beal also St. Louis guy when he was here, Michael Porter jr. Was a Mizzou guy, you know, um, so, you know, happy to see <laughs> kind of any of those guys. I got really confused for a second. I was like, man, you really aren't following the NBA. Bradley Beal's not in Boston. Neither is Michael Porter Jr. No, but no, now no. I follow you. I got you. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of running through the people, you know, that I knew, you know, had gone through, you know, St. Louis when I was living right, there. Right. and uh, Gotcha. And whatnot. But, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, Tatum seems like a really – like a like a like a like a legit like good guy. I'd like to see Tatum win one. I think, um, you know. But uh, I I I don't. I truly don't have enough insight on the quality of the teams uh, to really make uh, a, much of an educated statement. So I will I will defer uh, to you on this one. I would just say I, I don't want Denver to win because Stan Kroenke and uh, Stan Kroenke. Stan Kroenke. And I don't have I told the Stan Kroenke story on here. On, on the pod yet? I, you may have hinted at it. We need to do a full yeah. segment on it, though. Not Ooh, probably not tonight, yes. but a full segment someday. Yeah, that's why I can't be an Arsenal fan, of course. You know, over here because he owns Arsenal too. But uh, yeah. well, if we anyway. do that one, it's probably going to have like the explicit sign next to it on our <laughs> podcast. That's so right. just it'll you know, be, beware, listeners. It'll be the it'll be the first one that won't be uh, fully family friendly. That that's a, a fair chance of that. So. All right, uh, why don't we take a look at baseball? And I know, um, I don't think either of us, baseball is necessarily our wheelhouse, but obviously we paid a lot of attention to Otani in this last year. Um, but uh, what, do you, uh, what are your thoughts for, I mean, are, have you had any thoughts about baseball in uh, 2024? Cardinals are going to win it all. No, Dustin, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... No, I was reading something today, and I found this really interesting. Um, I believe that Ripken and Grant Hill have put a bid out for the Orioles to buy them. 
Okay. And uh, that that would be interesting to see. Uh, I don't know if Grant Hill knows anything about baseball. His dad was a football guy. He was a basketball yeah. guy. So I guess he's trying yeah. to get in on you know another sport. Um, yeah. But what was impressive about Baltimore last year is how well they did being a small market. And small market. I, I mean, are they considered a small market team? I, I mean, think the Orioles are. I mean, I know Baltimore is pretty big, a big, but it's a good sized city, and it's just right outside DC. So, I mean, right, anyway. but they're not. I guess followed as well. I guess would be my my thing. Uh, maybe, maybe. I, yeah, I mean, nationally, I would agree. I, I don't. I mean, and I'm, the that's Orioles kind of where I was going with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Orioles. I mean, the, the Orioles fan base. Because I know a few people who are who are Orioles fans, and the Orioles fans are very loyal fan base, no question about it. And the Orioles have had, I mean, they have not had much success, you know, since really the eighties. You got to, that's why you have to be a loyal fan. If you're still a fan, you got to go back to the seventies and eighties, you know, because you know, yeah, their ownership has not been willing to spend enough to, to get a team there. Kind of like the pirates, right? I mean, like if you're a pirates fan, well, you probably live in Pittsburgh, but, or, or you just remember Willie Stargell and Kent DeColve. You know, and uh, you know Andy Vanslyke. Andy Vanslyke, who then of course traded away. St. Louis guy, mind you. There you go. Um, so maybe not small market, but maybe depleted fan base. Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough. Well, and it was just you know that was interesting, and I and we'll see you know how they do this year. I mean, obviously you know it's kind of the whole talk of you know does the rest does the layoff that's happening now with uh, with baseball, you know, in the baseball playoffs, is it hurting? you know, the teams that are getting the rest, because again, last year they really did poor. I mean, the Orioles just got swept, you know, after being a really solid team. Um, and they weren't alone in that, right? I mean, the Braves but went to the eventual and, yeah. world champions though. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'll give you that. But so, okay. yeah. I'm going to yeah, say no, the Dodgers I mean, have a decent year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if Kershaw comes back and pitches anymore. I I haven't I know he you know he's had so many injuries and stuff, but we'll see if if he's if he makes his swan song, you know, and it gets one more. Actually, you he, mentioned the Cardinals, and I saw a story about how they signed Carpenter again. And I was like, no, but it was Matt Carpenter. They're bringing back Matt Carpenter, re-signed with the Cardinals for a season. <laughs> but I was I, like. No, no, no. I hope it's no for way. like a one day thing so he can retire as a Cardinal because I, I don't think it is. I'm not a big Matt Carpenter guy. No, I know you're not, but I, I thought I'd throw that out there anyway. Yeah, I appreciate that. So um, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but yeah, he's I'm just saying I, I'm quite sure that, that we've we've just alienated a whole slice of D4 listeners with our our lack of uh, baseball coverage to this point, but. Uh, we'll try to up our game here as, as spring comes around, but uh, we'll we'll try to get Buster to, only on. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Buster's chomping at the bit. I do have, and this was in my opening shots, but I do have a, a story I came across today from baseball that I think will put a nice little tight little little wrap on this bit. Um, you ever heard of Joel Youngblood? No. Joel Youngblood was. A decent player back in the 80s. But Joel Youngblood has done something that no other player in Major League Baseball has ever done. And I'm going to say no player in Major League Baseball will ever do again. And that is Joel Youngblood got a hit. A hit at two singles for two different teams 
on the same day. Because he was playing on the Cubs against the Mets. And they had a day game. And he gets up and he's facing future Hall of Famer Ferguson Jenkins. And he hits a single in the third inning. He's getting ready to go out for the fourth inning. Coach tells him, hey, you just got traded to the Expos. (laughs) And they want you to play tonight. So... He flies to Philadelphia from Chicago. He lands in Philadelphia at about right about the start of the game. Somehow they have a jersey for him. He gets out. He goes up and he, he, he hits. He comes up as a pinch hitter in the eighth inning, facing future Hall of Famer Steve Carlton, and he gets a single <laughs> for the Expos. Two hits for two different teams in the same day, both of them off future Hall of Fame pitchers. Very nice. And, I thought you were going to say he got traded to the Mets and just walked across the field. To <laughs> no, that would have been now that would have been cool. But no. But what's what's really wild to, to me about that is again, it just gives you a, a, a window into the difference in professional sports today versus professional sports. Well, this is about 35, 40 years ago, right? I mean, the very idea that a team would sign somebody and expect them to play later that day, right? especially when they're actually on the field playing. I mean, I mean, we talked about rest management in the NBA, you know, and it's probably not quite as bad in baseball. You got guys getting days off just to, just to rest and, and all this. And here we got a guy literally playing for two different teams in the same day. It's like, I don't hey, see we're that paying you anymore. to do something like do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening anymore in, in any professional sports. But no. uh, yeah. they barely play doubleheaders anymore. So, and, of course, the Cubs didn't have any lights on Wrigley Field back in the day, so that's why the game started at 12-15. So right. we had an afternoon game, so it worked out anyway. But uh, All right, so real right. quick, what, what's yeah. your, your NHL prediction? Oh, NHL. Oh, I don't know. Um I'm going to say that one cold weather team is going to do really well yeah. to outlast, I guess, the Knights who did really well. <laughs> and they're not cold weather. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, after the jump, we'll come back and, and, and I will give you some insight on the NHL. on 2024 Dustin I will come back at you after you just said you know uh, asked me about my NHL thoughts and I had a a chance to kind of get those together because I do have some thoughts on this one and of course I've been I've been tracking you know uh, the Edmonton Oilers and I would I I guess I would love to see Edmonton do it they were certainly one of the preseason favorites they have currently won 16 games in a row winning the entire month of January and back into December as well Connor McDavid becoming the Connor McDavid that we all knew he could be. They are still third um, in the Pacific division. They are, you know, they've got several solid teams in front of them. You've got the Boston Bruins again, you know, kind of going crazy. Um, 
But, you know, last year they set the record for the most wins in a season, most points in a season, and then went out in the first round. So that's one of the beauties of hockey and, and the Stanley Cup playoffs is, is that, you know, it, it, Stanley Cup hockey is just the playoffs are hard. And, uh, and it, it's just it, – you, you, you can't quite say you throw the records out the window, but, um, but, but kind of close. And the other team that's really kind of pretty dominant right now is also the uh, Colorado Avalanche, who, of course, I cannot root for. You know why? Cronky. Cronky. I mean, what am I get? This, this is, it's a curse. It's a curse. The curse of Cronky. Oh, so I'll, but I'll just throw out gotta, my, I gotta, my one. I can't even say it anymore because because it it the profanity is going to fly. So I'll back so off. So I'll but, just switch it to my yeah. my prediction. Uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go with the Dallas Stars. How about that? Are you? Are you? Yep. And uh, and uh, I think they I have guess, a team. Yeah, I mean they're. <laughs> They do They're have third a in their division. Yeah, They're ahead of St. Louis. 30th, well, yeah. But the Blues are rebuilding. But actually, we went out to dinner here last night in St. Louis. We, we're, my daughter lives down in South St. Louis City. We went to a place called Joey B's on the Hill, which is, you know, the Hill, the old Italian uh, neighborhood here in uh, South St. Louis. And we, we walk in there last night, and I see a ton of Blues jerseys, which isn't really surprising being in the city. But then we sit down and we, we got in there, I don't know, 6.30, 6.45-ish. And then uh, I look up and 10 minutes later, the game comes on. And I'm thinking everybody kind of came down to, or a bunch of people went down to Joey B's and pre-gamed and then headed off to the arena for the 7.30 game, um, is, is my guess. I mean, or, or maybe they're just wearing their jersey just because they like to wear their jersey. But there was a, a preponderance of Blues jerseys. But uh, – and I, yeah, I, I, I do like the Blues. I follow the Blues, but uh, I, I don't, I don't see them, I don't see them pulling it off this year. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see Edmonton, uh, you know, kind of harken back to my my childhood and the the great one, uh, you know, and his Edmonton Oilers back in the '80s were uh, just a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. So we're not going to do full on. Um, oh wait, 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 before we go NFL. We are going to talk some NFL. We're not going to go full on NFL predictions, but we are going to talk some NFL stuff. I do want to throw a couple other things out. Olympics, Dustin. The Olympics this summer in Paris. Are you interested? Do you care? I care enough to watch. I'll watch. I mean, I, I do watch the swimming. Um, some of the track and field. I'll probably follow the basketball. Um, just because that's what I do. Yep. Um, but, uh, I'm interested in the, uh, the new, uh, swimming race that they have. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. It's the, uh, milk glass on your the head. Milk balance. Lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The milk balance. So we'll see how that one works out for us. That'd be know. fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm always interested in the Olympics, but yeah. it's not something that it's must see TV for me. Like with it being, um, over there, I'm not going to stay up super late and make yeah. sure I, you know, watch a 2 a.m. decathlon. Yeah. yeah, that's surprising. I figured you would, but um, <laughs> you know, but it's also, <clears throat> you know, it's um, the, the Summer Olympics don't have too many really unusual sports. You know, I always love the Winter Olympics coming around because, like, all of a sudden everybody cares about luge, you know, and everybody comes like experts on luge and bobsled and, and like. Nobody even, you know, or skeleton. But you don't, 
you know, it's you know, track and fields, track and field. You know, I mean, it's cool stuff, but it's not like it, not like nobody's seen anybody, you know, throw a discus before or something. You know, but uh, trekking through the woods in snow and then shooting a target and then <laughs> trekking through the woods again in snow. Biathlon, man. That, it's like what a surprise! Finland won again. I mean, right? <laughs> it's, it's what they do to eat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I do love. I I love me some biathlon. I gotta say, it's one of my favorites. Um, uh, one other. Uh, how about uh, Formula One? Do you do you see Red Bull being as dominant and Verstappen as dominant as he was this year? As much as I know about Formula One, I'm gonna say yes. Well, come on. Now you we do we we talk Formula One. I mean, you're not you're not up on it as much as Sam, but. I know you, you 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 pay some attention. At least you bet in DraftKings on Formula One. That's right. No, I, I followed a little bit. Here's the thing. Verstappen is right now the king. Yeah. Red Bull right now is the king. Yeah. I it's one of those things you gotta knock them off, right? So yeah. we kept saying that in tennis. Djokovic. Um yeah. you, you you've gotta do it. He's not going to let yeah. you do it. And I don't think Verstappen is either. I think what's amazing about Verstappen and the car that he drives is he can start in the sixth and act like it's nothing to get in the lead and still win by 12 seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, that's to me what it really is. I know I say, yeah, I think it'll be it. But it again, you've got to beat them to do it. Yeah. It's going to be really hard, of course, for them to approach anything like what they did last year where they won – what Verstappen what what nineteen out of twenty two races or something stupid like yeah, that? Yeah, it was crazy. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, certainly I think everyone in, in the Formula One world is hoping that it gets a little closer this year. But uh, they're going to have to figure out some way to uh, to reel Red Bull in. That's for sure. But um, all right, so let's talk some NFL. <clears throat> so we got a couple things we're going to do here. Uh, I want to talk uh, coaching coaching positions. And I know a lot of the coaching jobs have been filled now, but, uh, and this is something we did back in, I don't know, a few episodes ago where we kind of did the lightning round where I, I, I threw some things out, you know, and I've just, I just wanted your, your perspective on them. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to do, we're going to do two lightning rounds here. First one. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to name the, 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 the coaching vacancy. And you give me a ranking of one to five, five being, Good job for a coach to take. One being terrible job for a coach to take. To give me your, your, your take on, on what you uh, what you think these are. Ready? Okay. You follow? So one is good. Five is no, bad. No, one's bad. One's bad. Five is good. Totally yeah, following. Right. Oh, this guy. <laughs> you, you, and, you had too many nojitos, my friend. I know. I know. So five All is right. good. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. And I know, again, some of these have already been filled, so there you go. Uh, Raiders, good job, bad job. Oh, man. That's a that's a two for me. Okay. I just – it's a, that's a tough let, one. Sorry. I know it's rapid let, fire. Let, let's go quick, and then we'll come back, and we'll, we'll, we'll spend a little time with these. Chargers. Three. Titans. Two. Falcons. Oh, I don't like that one at all. Uh, three. <laughs> okay. Commanders. Uh, three and a half. Okay. Seahawks. You got some good pieces. I'll go for Panthers. 
One. Patriots. Negative. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Okay. So, all right. So let, let's, let's let's tackle a couple of these. You don't think the Raiders is a good job? I don't know. I don't think it's been a good job. I think it has yeah. the potential to be a good job. It just hasn't yeah. been a good job. And it may be the, the coaching that has come through there. Maybe they're picking the wrong coaches. But I don't yeah. know if the culture is uh, a great mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it'll be curious. And, of course, they filled it, right? The defensive coordinator, uh, Pierce, uh, you know, right. who was the interim. Well, the interim, he took that job. Which yeah, see, they think- started playing really well with him. They did. They did. And obviously, I mean, they got to nail down the quarterback position, you know, because you had Garoppolo and, you know, it doesn't look like Jimmy G is going to be a, a real viable, you know, top flight starter. Aiden O'Connell. I did have a stat on Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think I have it in, in this group of notes. Maybe I do. Um, no, I don't think I do. But I, I believe it was in week 17. Aiden O'Connell did not complete a pass. For the last three quarters of the game, and the Raiders still won, <laughs> which which I thought was pretty impressive. Um, Let me change my but, guess to a five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the Raiders is kind of an average job. I, I, I'm surprised you didn't like the Falcons. Why do you not like the Falcons? I don't. I've never really liked the Falcons, but I really don't think they have the the right players. I'm not a Desmond Ritter fan. Um, I think okay. Kyle Pitts yeah. is way too up and down. Um, yeah. Bajan Robinson is a really good player, but how are they yeah. going to utilize him? Yeah. Um, their wide receivers, but, Drake London, eh, okay, but yeah. nothing to, to write home about. So I know they're young. I get that. I just I don't know if the player pieces are there, and obviously the yeah. coaching pieces aren't. So, well, and and what the, <laughs> Arthur Smith. Right, the offensive guru behind the juggernaut Falcons just got hired. You know, he got canned as the head coach of the Falcons, and then gets hired as the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. I don't know what that was about, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, given that he had Bijan, London, and and uh, uh, Pitts, Pitts. I was going to say Diggs. Yeah, um, and couldn't manage to put a viable offense out there. So I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I think the Panthers. Everything I've read about the Panthers is that it's a pretty, it's a really dysfunctional organization from the top down. Um, obviously, the Patriots have a good defense, and although, frankly, I'm going to say I think that defense significantly overachieved because of Belichick. Um, although they 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 do have a, a talented defensive roster, but boy, that offensive roster. Need some help. Need some. They real, still have Mac help. Jones, right? Well, hey, as long as you got Mac Jones, the sky's the limit, right? Um, I think the Chargers. I mean, you 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 have you have your franchise quarterback with the Chargers in Justin Herbert. So I think that goes a long way toward making it right. I just, uh, you know, Staley. I mean, he believes in himself, which is good. Um, but I didn't seem to have the belief of anybody else. But um, yeah, and yeah then of I, course, I, you know, I like that team. I think they could be good. But again, they may get on the Keenan Allen getting a little bit older. I know he had a good year. 
Um, yep. Eckler didn't have the year that he was planning on having, but it may have fallen no. on Staley and coaching. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, th- I I think that's where that one is, to be honest. But um, so okay, so and this was my rabbit hole, right? <clears throat> and of course, this was really driven by the whole Belichick thing, right? Because of course, Belichick is out in New England. Doesn't look like he'll be in the league. And what was it? I, I sent you that that stat that um, every single season since the founding of the NFL has had Curly Lambeau, Tom Landry. Or Bill Belichick coaching, every not always as head coach. There was a few years that they were that they didn't overlap as head coaches, but every single year of the NFL since the NFL founded in like 1935, one of those three coaches has been coaching somewhere in the NFL. And this looks like we might not get that with Bill Belichick. But I, I'm a Patriots fan, right? Obviously, I know that. It's been well chronicled on the show. And, and, you know, there's, there's always been, of course, the Belichick-Brady debate, right? And was it, was, it, was it Belichick? Was it Brady? And, you know, it's become very fashionable to say, well, clearly it was Brady because, you know, Belichick, you know, couldn't win without Brady, right? Or didn't do well. So I went down the coaching rabbit hole and I was like, okay, let's see how many coaches really have done well without a top flight quarterback, right? And by well, I mean, I'm, you know, it's Super Bowl, right? I mean, can you take a team to the Super Bowl, right? Because, I mean, let's face it, we could put Marty Schottenheimer on this list, right? But is Marty Schottenheimer never managed to get his team to a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, how well did he actually, you know, could you actually put him among the greats? But um, so, so here's what we got. Coaches who won the Super Bowl with more than one quarterback, okay? There are only two. There are only two coaches in the history of the NFL that won a Super Bowl with two different quarterbacks. Joe Gibbs. Yes. Joe Gibbs in Washington. And the other one is George Seifert with the Niners, right? And I don't want to sell George Seifert short, but, you know, Bill Walsh kind of retired kind of mid-empire with the Niners, right? And so Seifert inherits Joe Montana, right? And then landed Steve Young. So he had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So you're saying that one doesn't count. (laughs) I'm not saying it doesn't count because, but, but it's interesting to me that when you talk about the great coaches in the league, Seifert doesn't usually get mentioned, right? Uh, But one of only two coaches to win a Super Bowl with multiple quarterbacks. And let's be honest. The other guy is a NASCAR guy now. So can you really put right. him in the... <laughs> yeah, I, I think I do think Joe Gibbs is one of the, he one was, of the best He coaches. was a good coach. He really yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. And he had Theismann, right? And then um, uh, Doug Williams, right, which is the other anyone. Um, so, so then I was... Okay, so then coaches who won multiple Super Bowls with one quarterback. Uh, you got Lombardi, right? Uh, Don Shula. Uh, with Greasy and uh, Bob Greasy is the whole Hall of Fame, um, and then in '72 he had Earl Morrill, Earl Morrill, who came in because Greasy got hurt, but it was ultimately Greasy that started the championship game anyway. There, Chuck Knoll, right, won the four Super Bowls, but had Bradshaw. Tom Landry won with Staubach. Andy Reid uh, has won with Mahomes, but and, and got there at least. With uh, with with uh, 
the Eagles. Donovan, Belichick. Right? Belichick, yeah. Uh, Bill Walsh run multiple uh, with Montana. Tom Coughlin, 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 right? Uh, with uh, Eli. Oh, Eli. And then Parcells, although Parcells is a bit of an asterisk here because it was Phil Sims, but then Sims got hurt. So Hostetler actually uh, played in the Super Bowl. So he's kind of a hybrid. But I would also say this. Bill Parcells never got to a Super Bowl as a head coach without Bill Belichick as his defensive coordinator. There you go. With the Giants and then with the Patriots. So coaches who got to the Super Bowl with multiple uh, – with with, who got to the Super Bowl with multiple quarterbacks, okay? So you got a coach who spans more than one quarterback and gets him to the Super Bowl. Doesn't win it necessarily, but gets him there. Bud Grant with the Vikings way back in the day who had four times but never won it. Holmgren, right, coached both the Packers and the Seahawks. Parcells, again, right, gets to the Super Bowl with different quarterbacks. Andy Reid has gotten to the Super Bowl with different quarterbacks. Dan Reeves with the the Falcons, right? He got the Falcons to the Super Bowl um, after getting there with with the Broncos. And then Dick Vermeil, right, who got the Eagles to the Super Bowl back in 1980 and then wins with the Rams. Um, And then you get uh, Cower and McVay, uh, who had different quarterbacks, but with the same organization, right? Uh, so McVeigh kind of right with Stafford and uh, and Goff, right? And Bill Cowher um, had multiple quarterbacks and got to the Super Bowl. And then you have coaches who won one: Ditka, Billick, Madden, Peyton, Gruden. Great coaches with bad to middling quarterbacks: Shula. Um, got to the Super Bowl with Earl Morale in the, with the Colts. And then Bob Greasy, David Woodley, and Dan Marino, all he got them all to the Super Bowl. So Shula, obviously. And Joe Gibbs with Theisman, Doug Williams, and Mark Rippon, right? Only one with two. So all that to say, right? So that's a lot of names, right? I didn't hear one that I thought I would hear. Is Jimmy Johnson not on that list at all? Uh, okay. Well, so Jimmy Johnson would have won multiple Super Bowls with one quarterback. I, I, I met, I let, I, he was, I, somehow I didn't get him on the list. And then what about Harbaugh? Well, Harbaugh would be in the category of, Harbaugh would be in the category of, well, no, that Bill, Brian Billick. Well, Harbaugh got to the Super Bowl once, but Billick was the coach that won it with the Ravens. Okay. Okay. My, see, I thought Flacco won one. Yeah, he did. You're, you're right. Okay, so, so yeah, so yeah, that's that's true, right? So he okay. he won okay. one. He yeah, I know. And, but he won one in lot. Did he? He won in lot. That's what I'm saying. Multiple Super Bowls okay. with yeah. one quarterback. Yeah. yeah. So I guess all that to say, the bottom line is there are not very many coaches who have been able to transcend a, 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 an average quarterback or to span multiple quarterbacks and take that team to the Super Bowl, right? And and then you step, then, then you step back and you're like, okay, yeah. And, and Belichick got them there. Seven. How many times did he get? Eight, nine, a lot. Because Brady played in 10, right? He played in 10 and won seven, right? Six with the Patriots and one with, so he got them to nine. 
right? And obviously, a lot of that was Brady. There's no question. But I, I guess all this to say, in a long segment, probably longer, unless you really know you're coaching, you're probably like, your head's a little spinning here and like, what's going on? But I went down this rabbit hole to see, okay, how many coaches really have won with average quarterbacks? And the answer is not very many, right? I mean, Brian Billick won with the Ravens with that incredible defense in 2000, right? You had Gibbs and and the Red and uh, then the Redskins at that time, right? With Mark Rippon, you know, and mm-hmm. Doug Williams. Yeah, there's just not many teams that do it. So you had that Tampa Bay team too, that was all defense. Yeah, yeah. I well, and that was. Uh, I can't. I, 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 uh, that was a. That was after Tony Brad, Dungy, wasn't it? Brad Johnson. Yeah. Well, no, that yeah, was Brad yeah. Jo- that was uh, that was Gruden, right? Gruden, Gruden. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Johnson is the quarterback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. So I mean, and you know, there's been a lot written about about Belichick, and you know, and there's some really good stuff out there that that kind of defending Belichick and like the things that he did, you know, to to frankly let Brady become Brady because. Brady's first five years in the league, five, six years in the leagues, he was a very much a game manager quarterback, right? And then he goes and gets Randy Moss, who nobody wanted, right? Nobody wanted to touch Randy Moss. Belichick signs Randy Moss, brings in Welker, runs a spread offense before anybody in the NFL was running the spread offense, and Brady throws 50 touchdown passes, right? And Well, the defense didn't even want to touch Randy Moss at that point. No, no. And, I mean, and you're like, I mean, okay, yeah, Brady threw 50 touchdown passes, but he threw 50 touchdown passes because Belichick said, we're running a spread offense, and you can throw it everywhere you want, right? Which, at that time, was pretty groundbreaking stuff. But So but you, you I would come down. Both. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's the answer, right? I mean, Andy Reid does not take a Pat Mahomes-less Chiefs to the Super Bowl multiple times. I don't, it, it doesn't happen. I don't think there's. No. Well, especially with the team he's got this year. Right. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, and I, I, you know, I mean, you just, you don't see it. I mean, I, and so I guess that's a bit of a, a bit of an apology for Bill Belichick, right? A defensive, a, a, a Belichick here, because I think the people that say the game has passed him by plenty of problems with his drafting. No question. In the last few years, his drafts have been definitely subpar, but um, you know, to take away that, that coaching mind, I think, is uh, I think is falling short. So that's my that was my rabbit hole. I've been sitting on that one for a while, and of course, I'm deeply committed and invested to that one. So uh, sorry for those of you who who found that one to be a bit much, but uh, but there you go. I had to do it. All right, we got one more lightning round. All right, I'm ready. Free agent running backs. Okay, I'm going to run through these, and all I want you to say. Are they staying with the same team or are they going somewhere else? Okay? Because obviously there's too much to talk about if we try getting down there. But there's a lot of them this year. Derrick Henry. Go. He's somewhere else. Josh Jacobs. Ooh, I think he stays one more year. Tony Pollard. Stay. Saquon. Saquon Barkley. Too much money invested. Stay. Austin Eckler. He's going to stay. He shouldn't, but he will. Yeah. 
Those are the big, big names, but here's a few others. Gus Edwards? Gone. Ezekiel Elliott? Gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Devin Singletary? Uh, I'm going to say gone. Uh, yeah. DeAndre Swift? Oh, that's a tough one. I may be in the middle on that one. I, I, eh, I think he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to try to find a good spot for himself. All right, most of these others now are getting a little smaller, but uh, this is a fun one just for D4. Dare Ogunbowale. Uh, He's actually going to be a kicker um, for the Panthers next year. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, How about Cam Akers? Is he going to get another shot in Minnesota? No. No. He's going to be playing for uh, Denver. Oh, well, there you go. That was awful specific. Um, I was going to say Boise State, but that's college. There you go. The rest of these are, you know, we're getting into to, to minor names. But th- th- let's talk briefly. Derrick Henry. Where do you think Derrick Henry's going to go? Man, Pittsburgh. No. Would, they got Najee and, and Warren? Yeah. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Over Joe Mixon? And, I don't know. Mixon, Mixon's not quite as explosive as he used to be. They got that young Derrick guy. Derrick Henry is going to Houston. Chase Brown. Uh, that that would be a good one. That would be a good landing spot. That would spot. be a good one. That would be a good landing spot. Uh, not the Jets, because they got they got Bryce Young. How about Buffalo? Nah. Nah, Cook's name? too good. Yeah, Cook 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 emerged pretty well this year. What about Josh Jacobs? That was the interesting one to me, I think, out of the, all of this, is yeah. the, the difference from where he was last year to where he was this year. That, yeah. that was big. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Yeah, because he's kind of like Dalvin Cook, right? Like was last year, who was still good. And you're like, oh, wow, they got rid of Dalvin. Like Minnesota moving on and looks like a good idea at this point because Dalvin Cook right. just couldn't couldn't do it. And I don't know that I'm going to see predict Josh Jacobs falling off that quick, but but I could I could see it. You yeah, know? I yeah. could too, man. He may be a decent fit in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, because you got Kenneth a, Walker, but I don't know yeah, if he's going to stay. And then Charbonnet, yeah. you know, but I think he'd it's be just, a decent fit in Seattle. It's a question. I mean, all these guys are so high paid. Are they going to be willing to go and be, you know, number two, number three? Are they just going to? Are some of these teams just going to swap? I mean, you're going to swap Tony Pollard for Derrick Henry. Put Derrick Henry in Dallas. That might be fun. Yeah, that might be fun. Might be fun. Something else for Jerry Jones to play with. But all right, all right. Anything else you got in the uh, in the predictions for 2024? I think we've definitely covered quite a bit outside our main realm in this one. Yeah, yeah we did. Um, so we did. All right, we'll uh, we'll uh, come back and wrap this bad boy up, and then we'll we'll go from there. Right, D4 making our 2024 sports predictions. We're going to wrap this show up. Uh, Dustin, um, you've been making our make 24 predictions. You know, uh, who's going to win president in the United States? <laughs> hmm, that's a that's a tough one. 
Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth on any political yeah. talk. But if I had to choose, it may be Kelsey defeating Swift. Oh, no way. Swift would easily defeat Kelsey. Swift would easily defeat Kelsey. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. You're taking the underdog. <laughs> I'm taking the the way under. <laughs> taking the way underdog. And speaking of dog, they have dog news from the sports world. Ugga, you know Ugga. Ugga the tenth passed away um, about two weeks ago now. Crossed the Rainbow Bridge. Um, he had retired. Ugga the tenth. And if you don't know who Ugga is, he's the bulldog for the University of Georgia. Um, but, uh, Uga the 11th is now actually in service since 2022, but, uh, Uga, go in peace, sir. Uh, thank you for your service. Always a pleasure to see some of those college mascots roaming around the sidelines. Um, you got any, uh, got any last calls for me, Dustin? Um, yeah, I'm gonna say, sorry, I'm, I'm just getting, uh, getting my bearings straight, but I'm gonna go with... Another prediction. All right. Okay. You ready for this? Okay. I'm going to say that the Philadelphia Water Dogs mm. are going to win the PLL. Mm. Woo. That's my water prediction. Dogs. That's a good the pick. Water Dogs. That's a good pick. I don't, I don't, uh, who was I? Did I, you I choose had, the Whip Snakes? I think I did or have the, the, I was thinking, was it the Whip Snakes or the Cannon, right? Or the Boston uh, Cannons? Well, I, I knew Cannons was mentioned by you, but Whipsnakes is such a cool name. Yeah, no. <laughs> Have, has the PLL League started, or do we even know? Nope. It looks like it starts February 14th, so oh, Valentine's wow. Day, baby. Yeah, well, yeah. We're going to have to uh, let's keep an eye on that. We'll, we'll, and we'll all the games it. are on ESPN+, Plus, so there's that. Well, we get to watch it. Well, yeah. Some of us get to watch them. I'm sure there'll be... Well, that- that's true. Yeah, I'll let you know. I mean, I could do it, but I, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's like when I when I look to buy ESPN Plus, and I'm like, oh, that's great, except that all of the games are American. You know, it's almost all American sports, and so the game times. It's like, do I really want to pay the money so I can have the privilege of watching the PLL at two a.m.? I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do that. Might be worth it. I, I got uh, a couple of couple of more closers. A um, couple of D four names I came across. Uh, Guys that I, I think you know are are uh, worthy of mention. We got Chop Robinson. Anybody named Chop's pretty good in my book. Ennis Rakestraw Jr. Who was a uh, these are both uh, you know uh, uh, prospects. I got these off Mel Kuyper's early big board. That means <laughs> there's a to... senior. Yeah, so that's right. Ennis Rakestraw Jr. <laughs> and then <laughs> Quantez Diggers. Quantez Stiggers, uh, also, I thought, a pretty solid D4 name, and I, I may send that one along to Key and Peel because he almost he almost sounds like like he could uh, he could make their next their next version with, with Quantez Stiggers. But uh, all right, any any last thoughts on uh, what you expect to see coming in on twenty twenty four? Nah, I think we've covered a pretty pretty uh, massive amount today. Yep. Yeah, we got through it all. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, you know, as always, you know, give us a like, give us a share, um, give us a, a, a positive review. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, we're hoping to certainly settle back into our weekly routine. Uh, Dustin pounding down the nojitos, and I doing my best to uh, keep the liquor industry solvent. 
And uh, if we can... Uh, Don't forget that, to give us some options. That's right. Yeah. Tell, tell us what you want us to uh, to try. Give us, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, hard drinks, soft drinks. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give it a whirl. So uh, thanks, everybody. And for that, we're going to just say four out. D4 Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin and by our sponsors, Sports and Day Drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4 and all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this episode.